Today we are talking about family. The family, the building block of society. One unknown writer says family is like music. Some high notes and some low notes. But always a beautiful song. May God help us that our families may be like this. That sometimes we go through rocky moments. Those are the low notes. There will come a time where we have to, you know, play the chord on a high note. And when they come together, the melody is a lovely song. Psalm 68, verse 5 and 6. In the King James Version, it reads as follows. A father to the fatherless. God is a father. You know, we, we have various experiences here on earth of being exposed to fathers. I'm a father. By the grace of God, God has helped me that I, I, I'm given the privilege to be a father. Now, I'm a lower version of a father when compared to God. God is the father. God is the icon of fatherhood. God makes up for the ultimate best that our fathers could not reach. Because our fathers are not perfect. In their imperfection, they try. But there's some way things did not go right. God is the father. Who were fatherless. Hey, I love it. Fatherless. Kuri, you were fathered, but you were fatherless. Less than we have capacity for. Some of us, we didn't even have a chance to grow in a home where there was a father. Amen. We don't know what happened to him. He left. Hey, You know when somebody leaves without Valelisa, when they have six kids, hey, it should have been rough or, or just things we don't understand. But you can't stand here as a Christian and be bitter and say, my father was not there. Hey. But then, you know, I know there's instances where we need therapy, counseling, because issues are just hard. But sometimes we have to chill a little bit and say, I'm, I'm an adult. I, I, I can't just be going to revisit things that, that adults did without calling you into confidence. You don't know what happened. But thank God. Thank God you are born again. Amen. Even when you did not have a father, God makes up for the disadvantage. So that you don't have to be an adult who is bitter, sad. For, for adult decisions, hey, that are too hectic even for psychology textbooks to write about. Hallelujah. <laughs> hey! I mean, some of the answers, psychology does not have. Go to your experience. Your case is not in the textbook. Because even the psychologist is not even coming from your culture. He's an expert, but he's not an expert about your situation. There's too many of us who gone through fatherhood that went wrong. 
that there's too many books that needs to be written. So God is the Father. God is for us. We are not in the textbook. There's no solution for our case. But God is a Father. Ah, thank God for the church, man. That even when things are missing, you're still enjoying life. He's the Father to the fatherless. You know, I like it in the CJB translation. When it continues, there's, he's the father of the orphans. He's a defender of the widows. You know, you know sometimes, Bazalani, you, you just imagine what happens to people who were married, having functional families, and they lose a partner. When they were tight, when they had chemistry, when they bonded, when they had visions, when they had dreams, when they've been on holidays, when they've built houses, when they've raised kids, and all of a sudden you are by yourself because your partner passes on. Hey. Imagine those emotions that have to adjust. Imagine that mind that has to say, imagine all of a sudden, imagine. God says, I'm a protector. God protects, God makes up for those who have a void of a gap of a partner who left and went to heaven for various reasons. He's still God. He's still God. Now, when it continues, it talks about the rebels. No, today we are not with rebels. We'll give them a break. When you look at a family, a family is a basic unit that contributes to the strength of the family. It's like an atom to the universe. It is the cornerstone or the foundation upon which we build society. If we neglect the family, society will collapse eventually. History has demonstrated that empires, powerful nations, that, that undermine the strength of the family, they sowed their own seeds of destruction. Now, Gibbon, a historian, when he studied the, the rise and fall of Rome, in his book, The Decline and the Fall of the Roman Empire, he lists five reasons why Rome fell. And I'm going to focus on one of them. The first one he leans, he, he, he underlines, he says, Rome was destroyed because it undermined the dignity and the sanctity of the home. Now, we want to make a case for family and sum up this thing that are important and explain that first point. When we talk about the sanctity, is when we talk about the purity of a family. You see, families are destroyed today because of immoral behavior. Cheating, extramarital affairs, frivolous divorces. They destroy the family. When people misbehave as married people, but when we start families in society under false pretense, 
Because sometimes families are started under false pretense. People love you, but they don't actually love you. They love your career. They get married to your career. Sometimes people don't love you. They love your money. Sometimes people love your talent. Love your position. Sometimes people love you because you've got a house. They don't love you. They want accommodation. When they are in the marriage for false pretense, they don't live as they should and show commitment, love, support, unity in the marriage. They end up cheating. They end up acting wrongly and having extramarital affairs. And when you look at all these things I've mentioned, it is not just you physically being, being unfaithful. It is about you having an emotional disconnection with somebody you purport to love. You disconnect and give emotional attachment to somebody you're not in covenant with. It means you are there, but you are a liar. You said, I love you, but I'm not connected to you. I don't feel you. Ufuna animongang feet. Ufuna. You see, when you are committed to other people and you are in marriage, you are in that marriage for wrong reasons. You won't feel your partner. And there's nothing your partner can do to make you to feel them. You have lost your signal. You moved out of the Wi-Fi zone. There is no network. There's no communication. And some of you, you are going to stress yourself trying to change, do things when somebody has lost touch. You're going to try to lose weight. What does weight have to do with me loving you? Why should I lose weight for you? Why? Go get a life and fly a kite. There's a lot of wind there. Because you will soon discover after losing weight, it was not the weight. It was them. It was their mind. Their mind is not with you. Their heart is not with you. Their emotion is not with you. But you have lost weight. And somebody will tell you, no, I don't connect through communication with you. Hey, if you have been married for more than 10 years, you stay with your partner two, two hours, no, nothing to say. Nothing. Married people, two hours, we, we have no talk. Nothing. Zilt, loto, nada. It does not mean we are psychological cases. It does not mean we have to go for counseling. You see these married people, absolutely nothing. You are still married. You still love each other. But for that day, there's nothing to talk about. And some of you, you think you have marital problems. No, get a life. You will, if you have nothing to speak, you will speak the wrong things. Oh, it's too hot. And they will tell you, you are saying what is obvious. Nabo's too late, Evel. Nabo's too late. It's hot, it's hot. They will tell you it's obvious. It, you can see the temperature. It's hot. It's summer. 
So you brother, shut up. If you have nothing to say, keep quiet. Married people stay together. We have nothing. Sometimes it's even three hours. We are there. As long as you smell the perfume, and as long as she does what he does, you, you're happy. We don't talk 24-7. You'll still lie. There are certain things with immoral behavior in marriage that comes with the violation of principles. For you to cheat, you must lie to cover your steps. It means you're spoiling your character. You are messing up with the trust. Down the line, the person they've been married to, who was faithful, who was loyal, who was honest, has changed. Now you have secrets that you don't want to be visited. Now you have another life. Now you live as a hypocrite. And another thing when we violate biblical principles on marriage, there's confusion about the roles of being a husband, being a wife, and being a parent. If you love somebody else other than the person you are married to, when you are with them, what are you? Are you a husband? What are you? Are you at the hotel? They're cooking for you. Are you, are you, are you at the restaurant? Who are you? Are you, are you a customer? Service, please. Who are you? Who are you? It affects your contribution. What are you to your children? Who are you? There's people in marriages who don't know who they are. They can't be the father that they are supposed to be because they are half committed. If you are cheating somewhere else, who's doing homework with your children? Who's watching when they grow? Who's dealing with their problem? Who's asking their question? Who's observing them when they're growing? Who are you? Rome was destroyed because of this. Now come to South Africa, the history of apartheid, how it destroyed the structure of a family. Migrant labor system. People go to a place of work far away from their family. They don't have connection. Women who, who have absentee husbands. So why not you only come when it's holidays? So who's keeping your wife busy when you're not there? Because sometimes you come, your, your wife will born in Sumtuan, and when you calculate, mm, <laughs> There's unsaid things in our homes. There's unsaid things. You live in January and come in Easter and disappear and come back in December. And in between, there's a lot of activity and you are not there. You, 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 your wife can't get pregnant through WhatsApp group. 
There's somebody who's playing your role. Here's this society we are growing in. We have young men who have to be husbands. They've never had models. It's a dysfunctional society. We've got to rebuild according to the principles of the way. The enemy was engineering society for our disadvantage so that we do not have enough time to engage the system but engage one another destructively. No time to build intimacy. Some of us, we grew up, nobody told you I love you. Kuru, you, you have no reference to love. That is why if you want to get into a relationship, how we understand what is love? What is this thing, love? If somebody says, I love you. To some people, I love you says, I want your body. So when they say, I love you, then I'm willing to give the body. I love the music I hear. So, ta-da! We have to reconstruct, look into our background, take the word, and say, God, I am from here. Rebuild me, mold me, that I may know how to be a good husband, how to be a good wife, how to be a good parent. Children are just raising themselves when we are making money. Our success as a society is going to crumble if we don't have good homes. Genesis 2.24 says, For this reason, a man will leave his mother and his father and be joined to his wife. You live and cleave. You live and cleave. But many of us have not learned independence. When you were working as a guy, you were staying with your mother, you give your mom your paycheck. Bad start. Bad start. Bad start. Sit down and draw the budget with your mother. Control your own money. So that when you leave, when you leave, they should not hate your partner for economic reasons. must talk these things. Sometimes they don't like your partner because there's economic sanctions. The benefits are gone. Some of you culturally, when after you get married, they say ulokotisa. You visit your in-laws for them to know you. Not for, the, for you to stay there. It's, in, it's meet and greet. <laughs> Are you there, Mazanon? It's meet and greet for a week. Five days. Don't make it five years. And when you have to leave with your... When your husband goes somewhere and you have to leave... They say, hey, 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 hey. You, can't, you, you can't go everywhere with a man. You, you can't. Yet the Bible says the two... I won. If you go to a soccer match, I go with him. Go to a festival, I go with him. Go to prayer, I go to him. There two shall be one. Chepis.
definition of family. Let's just define family, basically. This basic unit of society, this cornerstone. Robin Hobbes says, home is people, not a place. If you go back there after the people are gone, then all you can see is what is not there anymore. People. Husband and wife, who were your mother and your father. If you're raised by a single adult, either your father who's male or your mother who's female. Or your children, child-headed homes. Or your relatives, those who are raised by relatives. Some of you, you don't have family. Your friends are your family. Home is not your place of residence. Home is not brick and mortar. It is when a few people interact qualitatively as they have covenanted with each other to enjoy the promises of God. How do we connect in our homes? Is there quality in what we're doing? Is there quality? How do we connect? We give everybody our best energy. When we come, we are tired. We give everybody our best money. When we come back, there's nothing to celebrate. Somebody says, invest in your family in order to find a home you want. What is the home you want? What is the kind of home you want? Whether it's love, whether it's unity. Do you give unity when? Where there is care. Are you caring? Are you caring? You know, we demand things. Oh, God. I'm tired of being single. I need a caring partner. Who are you caring for? Before you extend the invitation to more complex stuff. Who are you taking care of? You can't greet your neighbor. You want a wife. Wife? Uh. <laughs> the other one, there's a separation of offense between you and them. This one owns everything. And this one controls. Wife, wives control you. They're very controlling. Women are controlling because men are also controlling. In marriage, we control each other. <laughs> marriage. If you don't want to be controlled, don't get married. In marriage, they control the food you eat. If your wife is responsible to buy groceries, forget it. They buy everything. You must just eat what is there, provided for you. And they are, you know what? They are doing it to take care of you. Mara, they don't allow you to vote. <laughs> I don't remember me telling my wife, brown rice, whatever is there, we eat. <laughs> if you want to be single and happy, and you are afraid of being controlled. Oh, stay as you are. You and your Jesus have a covenant. Mina, no cheswam, savumela. But once there is a wife, 
That is why if you read 1 Corinthians chapter 7, it says those who are single, please God only. But those who are married, please their spouse. Before Now let's look at models to compare of what the Bible says family is all about. Genesis 6, 18 says, I will establish my covenant with you, God speaking to Noah, and you will enter the ark, and you and your sons, and your wife, and your son's wife with you. Mm. God starts first speaking to Noah. He says, I will have a covenant with you. As a man, you must be governed by the principles of God. If you look at the problems we have in society, we could be better men if we followed biblical covenant. God says to him, you will enter the ark. You will enter the ark. God wants us to lead in homes. He didn't say we bully. He didn't say we dominate. We lead. We exercise influence. Then he says, you and your sons we must be a model to our children. Then he says, and your wife, Noah, Noah, live well with your wife. Then he says, your son's wives with you. It means Noah had to be a good father-in-law. His wife had to be a good mother-in-law. The wives must be good Daughters-in-law. We have problems, I'm telling you. Some of you, you can't tolerate your mother-in-law visiting for three days. On the third day, you tell your partner, if he does not leave tomorrow, I'm going to tell her to leave. Hallelujah. But you have just said, my hallelujah belongs to Jesus. Just now, a few minutes few minutes. few minutes ago, my hallelujah belongs, if he does not go, tomorrow. It's been three days. If you don't tell her, I will tell her. So you know what I'm going to do? I will save you the trouble. I say, La, eh, mommy, Bushla says you must stay another three days. Because on Mother's Day, when they are gone in heaven, you'll be here at church, your crocodile tears, crying for mommy you could not tolerate for a week. Mommy gave you a husband. Mommy gave you a wife. We need to manage relationships. need to manage relationships. In the New Testament, the word family or the word household is very interesting when you look at the definition of it. It's the word therapia. It's like therapy. 
It's like when you take medicine and it gives you healing properties. Oh, Jesus. Family, according to God, should be like medicine. Give healing. The same word also is the word for the word to serve. So family is a place where we have a base to work, to care, to serve, to heal one another out of common worship. That's family. One unknown writer says, family is where life begins and love never ends. Life begins in the family. Now, what is the purpose of a family? It's important we know the purpose because once we neglect the purpose, we abuse the family. But once we are aware of the purpose of the family, there's a high level of appreciation and development for your family. You don't end up taking people in your family for granted. You see, God created family and he established a purpose for it. Can we go to Genesis chapter 1? We're reading verse 26 to verse 28. Then God said, let us make men in our image according to our likeness. Let them have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the air, over the cattle, and over every living thing that creepers here on earth. Verse 27. So he created them in his own image, male and female, he created them. Then God blessed them and said, be fruitful and multiply, fill the earth, subdue it, and have dominion over the fish of the sea, the birds of the air, and over every living thing that creepeth. Now let's look at these purposes that God underlines, the reasons why God established a family. A, a family is a place where God-centered relationships and fellowships are learned and created. You see, God who creates us is, he said, let us. He's a communal God. So we are created for family so that we develop a we mentality. We, we, not me, we. We. David Ogden Steer says, family means no one gets left behind or gets forgotten. We grow together in the family. Are you there? Because nobody's perfect. We serve together. We care for one another in a marriage. Marriage is like a canoe. It only moves when the two of you are rowing in the same direction. Same direction. Others have stopped rowing. And they're saying, this family is going nowhere. Second thing, B. It is a place where God-like character is learned. You learn to be upright. You learn to be honorable. You learn to be a person of integrity in your personal qualities. You learn it in the family. Richard Morton, Morton Milner says, the Christian home is the master's workshop. In that family, you are in a workshop. It is where processes of character molding are silently lovingly, faithfully, and successfully carried on. I mean, if you look at yourself before you are married and after you are married, or before you are in a family and after you are in a family, there's a lot of things when you look at yourself. You say, yay, what a change. What a change. 
If you were planning a holiday as a single person, you and Jesus will determine the accommodation and how long you stay. Are you there? But once there's family, you must ask them, how many stars? Are you there? You must ask them, what do they want to see? How long do they want to stay? How do they want to get there? only one. I, Bopumagach, no chase. Jesus, New York, here we come. Jesus. The big apple. If you don't consult, that apple will be miserable for you. You learn to speak you learn to accommodate the interests of others. You learn to listen. You learn to be patient. Because in marriage, in, in marriage and in a family, there are certain things in, the, in your partner's character that take long to change. You might not like how they chew. Get ready to be, to be annoyed for the next five years. To them, it's not a priority. <laughs> they are used to after dressing up leaving things wherever they are and that's a blind spot they don't see it as an issue and here you are you are imagining why are you a slave all of a sudden you are imagining why am I imagine once you say slave the romance is gone the lovey dovey the, all the love doves are gone the goosebumps are gone. What is happening to you? God is training you to be patient, to be tolerant. Amen. See, family is a place where true principles of the relationship with God are laid down. See, in the family, you learn to trust God. See, in the family, you learn to worship, to obey God, to serve God. And all those things are being formed in your life. It is in the family that you learn what ministry is all about and you function. That is why the scriptures tell us you can't be an elder in the church if you don't know how to take care of your home. You learn it there. Before you give us water at church, have you made tea for your husband? Before you help us carry the Bibles, have you cooked for your wife? Have you brought breakfast in bed? There are so many angels who are so helpful in the church. But at home, they are lazy. They are lazy angels at home. It is in the family, D, where you learn to relate to authority. <laughs> I was talking earlier one about controlling. Bible says submit. Ephesians 5.21, submit. Before it says wife, submit to your husband. 21 says submit one to another. Before you use the other one for your advantage. 
You know we like verses where we start where we are not supposed to start for our advantage. You know, it's like the scripture that says, give it shall be given to you, good measure, pressed down, shaking together, Luke 638. We start there. But if you read the verses before, it says, don't judge. It just talks about judging. It does not talk about us exchanging gifts. There's no Valentine mix there. There's no offering. Just accommodating people with their weaknesses, with their mess, with their mistakes, with their errors, the same way you want to be understood. But when we start, we just go to give. It shall be given unto you. Jesus, good measure. Press down. Shaking together. Hallelujah. I receive running over. Before you say wife, submit to your husband. Relate to that authority. Husband, submit one to another. Because when you read that verse, God is dealing with issues that are problems. He knows that women are struggling with submission. Men are struggling with loving. If I tell my wife six months back I love her, I think I've told her every day. I'm still here, Lavi. I'm, I'm still here. But you never told them. No, just recently I just told you. And they say, and women can remember when last you told them. <laughs> they can even tell you that how the weather was. <laughs> Six months back. When? You thought it's recent. That's how much we struggle to say I love you. Women struggle with submission. Ah, oh, Jesus. If they see a light bulb broken and say, honey, can you fix it? You say, love, I got it covered. And two weeks later, Hallelujah. Amen. And after two weeks, your wife takes over. Takes the step leather. And when they do that to me, I tell them, we end two weeks back, Ms. <laughs> you should have done it two weeks back. And your blood pressure would be in the right place. Jesus. Let's come to application and we close. Now the Bible gives us models of family and the things we must avoid in family. Because in a family, there's, in the Bible, there's positive examples to show us that marriage and family is good. To show us negative things that sometimes when we do negative things, this is the outcome. Because family can enhance you, enrich you, or it can diminish you. It's a fact. That is why 1 Corinthians 10, 6 says, Now these things have occurred as an example. 
to keep us from setting our hearts on evil things. Let's look at a few examples. Positive example, Joshua. In Joshua 24, 15, the scripture says, Joshua says, as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Here we are having a picture of a family that is God-centered. God is at the center of this world. When Joshua was saying this, there was a lot of idolatry. There was a lot of worldly principles that were very self-destructive. But he chose to say, as for me and my house, we will serve God. As for me. Family that says the basis of understanding love is service. Because sometimes you can say, I love you, but your actions are different. The Bible says we must not love in word. We must love in deed. The basis of good family is saving. You must not forget anniversaries. Put them on your diet. If you have a PA, I beg you, remind me. <laughs> How feel if you are on a cruise? <laughs> May I have a Chardonnay? <laughs> In marriage, marriage is a place of service. You put members of your family first. Before you buy your shoes, you must think about your partner. Do they have shoes? Before you think of blessing yourself, you bless them first. Service. As for me and my house, we will serve God. When you serve God, you learn the habits, the principles, the values of serving. Marriage is a place where our love is in action. Action. Speak louder. Go tell your wife on her birthday and say, I love you, baby, and never bring anything. <laughs> if your wife is normal, and if your wife is a Christian, he says, is that the only thing you can say? They'll make an altar call for you. I'd like us to go to Eli. Eli. Eli was a father who did not take responsibility. Because sometimes we are there as parents, but we are not there. First Samuel 3.13 reads, For I, the Lord, have told him that I am about to judge his house forever. For the iniquity he knew because his sons brought a curse upon themselves. And he did not rebuke them. Sometimes we expect children to grow by themselves without discipline. And the very children, don't forget, they are growing into adults. But what kind? In the case of Eli, these children were not disciplined. They did whatever they wanted. And they became 
morally disadvantaged. They became morally challenged without a sense of judgment on what is wrong or what is right, what is good and what is bad. <laughs> we live in a society where you see an adult dumping. And you say, no, 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 no. We fight with neighbors who take a wheelbarrow full of debt and they put it in a house next to your corner. And when you say, no, you can't dump, they are angry with you. No sense of wrong. Because when they were growing as a child, they were not taught a basis of environmental care. They were not taught. They are shocked. Shocked. Who are you to tell me? Are you a mayor? Are you a councillor? Who voted you to stop us from dumping? There is civil war just for stopping somebody. We have marital problems. We can't be intimate in our marriages. Because people don't know basic hygiene. <laughs> basic hygiene. If you don't teach your children how to wash, brush their teeth, there won't be French kiss. There will be Devon kiss. You can't go deeper. You can't go deeper. Forget about going to Paris. Nothing, nada. Because the tear gas there. Oh. hygiene. The person does not know, is not conscious that I need to have clean breath. And this person is your husband. How can't you go to France? How can't you go to France when you are married? You see the things we take for granted. Just basic hygiene. Buying cosmetics. Cleaning your armpits taking a shower, if you have been out and about during the day and you are a married person, before you go under the juvet, there's a thing that has an iron, that water comes out. <laughs> you must use it first before you go under the juvet. People can't be intimate because there smells you don't like. And let's be honest. And this person does not understand what he... I'm lovey-dovey. But... <laughs> I see you are tense now, you see. I see you are very tense. And I'm going to talk, you know, because we're at church. I'm at church, we're going to talk. You see, there's things we don't teach our children and we disadvantage them. Because the habits that are good that you teach to your children, those are the habits they take into adulthood. You teach your children. You say, if his, your, your child has friends, you give them what is enough to include their friends. But the, he must be the one or she must be the one sharing. If he must not do it, it's a teachable moment to say, share. Some of you, you ladies, you go on dates 
The guy takes forever to take his cut out. He takes forever. Until you volunteer and you are praying, God, and when you take out the cut, you say, God, let him say, don't pay it, I'll take it, I'll take it. And the guy says nothing. Says nothing. Red flags. <laughs> you are going to pay all your life in that relationship. But you know what is the problem? He was not taught to share, to care, to be tender, to be romantic. Here you are, you are married and you, you are touching your husband. It's like you are hugging concrete. <laughs> Nothing moves. Nothing. You know why? He was told, Rambo. Don't forget, Rambo was not married. Rambo was in the jungle. Rambo was in the special forces. Rambo was in Vietnam. Rambo was fighting behind. Rambo was not married. Rambo was not a dad. He was working for the special forces. He was mean machine. You want a man who will respond and say, Lavi, squeeze me more. <laughs> and I'm saying this because I'm aware even children are around here, Basalwan. Sometimes we are economic in sharing love. And when people out there give us love, give us attention, we get into extra marital relationships. Jesus. I see these guys in the front, they're going. <laughs> you are a married person. How about you? And women think that's humility, that's commitment. Celebrated. 
You are a child of God. You are born again. You are filled with the Holy Spirit. You are with the right partner who worships the same God. Father, we thank you for your word. For you are such an awesome God. You are good. We bless you. We magnify you. Help us to enjoy family, oh God. The way you want us to enjoy it. Help us, oh God, to follow your principles. Where we have erred, give us the grace to correct. Help us to have a hand up to reach out to those we love. To be caring, to be therapeutic, to be excited, to celebrate members you have given to us as family. We pray. May our homes be a place of safety, place of health, place of renewal, place of love and support, place of correction, place of trust, place of truth, place of growth, place of renewal, place of restoration, we pray. Place of fun as your children, oh God. We pray. We pray. May the promises of your word be enjoyed by every member of this church who's in this place, oh God. May they enjoy that beautiful building block called family, I pray. In the name of Jesus, for you are a good God. We pray, Lord, we thank you. Where there have been disappointments, oh God, we pray for healing, restoration, renewal, in the name of Jesus. Repentance, change that is genuine, oh God, we pray. We pray, Father God, in the name of Jesus. You hear us when we pray. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. As we have our eyes closed, every head bowed, maybe you're coming here for the first time. Somebody invited you. As we are talking about family, when you look into your life, your life is not right with God, but you want us to pray with you. You don't even belong to the family of God. God loves you. God cares for you. If you want us to pray with you that you may give your life to God, could you kindly raise your hand wherever you are seated and I'd love to pray for you. If you are here and you want me to pray with you, could you kindly raise your hand wherever you are seated, I'll pray for you. Anybody in this place, you say, Pastor, pray for me. Pray for me. My life is not where it's supposed to be. I want God to come into my life to change me. Oh, God bless you. My brother here, I see that hand. God bless you. Anybody else, keep that hand up. I'd like to pray for you. Anybody else? God bless you, my other brother here. Anybody else, keep that hand. God bless you, my sister. God bless you, my brother there. God bless you at the back. Anybody else? God bless you at the far back there. God bless you. I see that hand again going up. I see lots of hands are going up. Keep those hands up. Keep those hands up, please. God bless you here. God bless you. Anybody else? You want to give your life to God. We just all want to offer you a prayer. Nothing to it. Nothing sinister. Just a prayer. God bless you this side. God bless you. God bless you this side. Anybody else? God bless you. 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 Oh, lots of hands. God bless you even in the foyer. I don't want to leave anybody out. I'm making the last call. God bless you here. God bless you. 
Oh, God bless you at the back. Anybody else? Anybody else? I'm going to ask all the people who have raised their hands. Could you kindly stand? Let me see you. Come, bring your Bibles, your belongings. Meet me here. I just want to pray for you when you are here. Just come all the way from where you are seated. Just a walk. It's just a walk. Just a walk. Come, my brother. Come, my sister. Anybody who raised their hand, just come. Just come. Wherever you are seated, just come.